0: Emily, this is your episode. This comes out the money. Wednesday before Christmas. Last episode of 2023.: <gasps> Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Also, pop quiz, Emily. Remember oh back God. from your math days. What's 13 squared?: 13 490 4,996 4, That's so wrong. <laughs> Can't even be- begin to explain how wrong that is.
1: Hold on. Work up your on. square tables. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there.
0: Here's a hint. It's the number of the episode we're recording.
1: <gasps>
0: two oh nine one sixty nine. I was going nice. to say
1: two oh nine. Where have you been?
0: Where did that come from? Josh, math wasn't your thing, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. No, just,
1: four, first he said four thousand.
0: Yeah, I
2: know. What?
1: okay
2: i was trying to look man look i was i was trying to like channel my inner savant and just like well like immediately have the number you know i was trying to like holy spirit it
1: you can't channel something you don't have were you guys ever into that
2: like divining with the holy spirit
1: not when it came to math maybe we
2: should talk about that sometime
0: no i'm not a witch dude (laughs) i'm not a witch dude all right (laughs) let's do this sorry
2: Welcome to Ravel, a roundtable show about how faith gets complex with the vast amount of information at our fingertips.
0: For some people, this complexity has caused the unraveling of their faith, and for other people, it's been liberating. Take us, for example. I'm Stephen. I'm Josh.
1: And I'm Emily. We each grew up in different parts of the American Christian spectrum, and as some of our beliefs migrate, we still feel like our theology is in process theology always has fundamentally been and will always be an exploratory dialogue
0: that alone is proof that faith raveling doesn't have to be a crisis even if it feels like it we don't have all the answers so we want to use this show to model what it can look like to genuinely sort through beliefs in real time
2: so share a drink with us as we pull on the thread of our own pressing questions thanks for listening
1: Hello. How are you?
0: Oh, great. Thank you. So good. That's how I talk to
1: children, believe it or not.
0: Oh, thank you. Should I be offended or flattered? Both. Be Both as little children, time. as some Nazarene said.
1: Some guy. Yeah. So,
0: what are you drinking? Room temp hibiscus LaCroix. Hell yeah. <sighs> so good. Yes.
2: I'm on that room temp grind as well, drinking a room temp tangerine LaCroix, and also Mm -hmm. a refrigerated Mm -hmm. ginger beer, Reeds, the superior one, with a little
0: bit of lemon juice. That is actually objectively the superior one. Yes, it is. Well done. Yep. Wow. Thank you for playing.
1: (laughs) What's his prize?
2: Lukewarm hibiscus LaCroix. That's the prize.
1: Yes. I'm drinking a steeping hot mug of apple cider. Apples. Changes it up.
2: Wow, nice. Yeah. So, Wintress. Thank you. Wintress. Yes. Wintress.
1: Mm-hmm. It is my turn. Um, and this is this is the last episode of 2023.
0: <gasps> Crazy.
1: <gasps> that is just like my brain is mush thinking about 169 episodes. Nice. Like what?
0: <laughs> it is crazy. Josh
1: said this was. Josh said this was going to be episode two hundred and five. Look, um, look, look,
0: look, 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 look. Two oh nine or something.
1: Two oh nine. Yeah, clearly
2: yeah. prime mental math is not my
0: strong suit.
1: Yeah, make sure that's not on your resume. Okay, it's well, not.
0: Watch the wise. He's right um, about that thirteen is a prime number. So
1: that is yes. We'll give him and, that. If there's anything he got right, it's that. And that's you can't counts. divide it
0: by anything. So, so you can play that game Except one in itself That's the definition of being a prime number So, Emily and I were in calc together In senior year of high school Ten years ago So no big deal I loved calculus God. They left the answer book open
2: And that was a very nice class That
1: was a very nice class Whoever Dude, sorry, Josh's Emily, what are calc are we, teacher was the Thank teachers,
0: you The teachers sometimes of senior classes Just have a vibe of like Yeah whatever man Here's the answer book.
1: Oh, I love this. This is has nothing to do with what our topic is, but it's great. Of course it nonetheless.
2: Oh, I um, was half expecting you to like segue into like,
0: we're talking about the Bible today. No. The answer book. The, uh, oh,
2: wow.
1: Okay. <laughs> we're talking
0: about numerology, how numbers get us to interpreting eschatology of
1: revelation. <laughs> what, what is this? I feel like I'm like in Barnes and Noble and I'm just can reading we make these a, titles. Wait, can we make a... <laughs> can we make like a
2: how-to guide on how to use God to find a parking spot and like make like a merch thing
0: of it somehow? I don't know how we would do that.
1: Yeah, why not? We can do, with God, all things are possible. I
0: mean, we were talking about uh, doing Holy Spirit divination before, so maybe it's just like literally we just it, produce a set of D&D dice and call yeah, it like why Holy not? Spirit. <gasps> we cast lots through the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's good. You know?
1: And you know Ooh, how many people will be pissed about <laughs> Roll that? Roll
0: them bones. It'll be
1: great. <laughs> but but I want <laughs> like do a parking
2: it. spot specific. Anyway, Emily, are we talking about
1: something today? I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about something, believe it or not. Um, so we are approaching the end of the year, and usually we do like a looking back and reflective, you know, type vibe, which kind of goes with that. But I'm switching it up a bit. So I'm going to read you a quote and I want to see if your oh. brains are up to snuff and if you know where this quote came from and then I'll share what our topic is. <clears throat> wow. The wide world is all about you. You can fence yourselves in, but you cannot forever fence it out. Chicken run. What? No. That
0: sounds like Chicken Run.
1: <laughs> it does kind of <laughs> sound like it could be it from sound chicken, like run. chicken Run. The confidence was impeccable, but no. <laughs> That was. You had the
2: confidence. You had the confidence of when you asked me what thirteen times thirteen was, and I very confidently said four thousand
1: nine hundred and ninety-six. Stephen, I'm very shocked
2: that you did not get this quote. Um, it's fine. oh, does that mean it's from Bilbo Baggins?
1: It's, it's from Lord of the Rings.
2: I'm also shocked Steven didn't get it. it. Chicken Run is the same <laughs> <laughs> oh movie. Oh, oh. Chicken oh. Run is
1: not the same movie. It's it Hogan's
2: Heroes. Cer-
1: it most certainly is very similar. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a whole <laughs> other conversation. <laughs> Jesus loves us uh, no so geez. I just loves oh, us oh my, my god that's so funny
2: <laughs> okay i have had nothing to drink today oh.
0: i have had zero alcohol here's, here's what's record. additionally crazy is we we recorded last episode and this episode truly <laughs>
2: there was like seven oh minutes between <laughs> <laughs> we just like we just got done talking about depression <laughs> for an hour <laughs> why are we so giddy right now emily i'm so sorry
1: (laughs) (laughs) this is is exactly the direction i was hoping we would go to um is it (laughs) chicken run i'm
2: crying (gasps) i'm crying as much as when i was cutting onions yesterday oh my gosh i completely (laughs) forgot whatever quote you said yeah say the quote again
1: Okay, I had to get my composure. Hold on. All right. Oh, oh. The wide world is all about you. You can fence yourselves in, but you cannot forever fence it out. So it comes from Lord of the Rings. It's a quote from uh, Frodo having a conversation with one of the elves named Gildor. And, oh,
0: of course. Gildor. Right. Yeah. And
1: it's the idea Oh, like, like you
0: know who he is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there's essentially what it comes down to is like there's this lament of like even the Shire won't be safe. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to like leave your comfort of home behind and search for something. And the last episode when we were talking about exile and um the idea of like liberation, one of the things that was just kind of clawing at my brain was this idea of comfort And, like, you can find comfort in so many ways. And what does it mean to, like, leave that behind? And what does it mean to find new comfort? And I think this applies perfectly to the idea of deconstruction is you're seeking comfort in something else, like something that was once comfortable is no longer comfortable. So you're you're essentially like a snail finding a new shell and You know, we just spent 15 minutes, not literally, but we just spent a good deal of our time busting a gut. And there was this sense of like comfort in that. Like, we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to have all the answers. Clearly, this is what this podcast is all about. But what does it mean to find new comfort and like leaving comfort behind and to kick off the end of 2023 and to like start off for? 2024 I wanted to know like what were the things that you now find comfort in and are there things that you have left behind that were once comfortable for you.
0: Wow. Hmm. I think one that just came to my mind is this year I went from having one dogs to two dogs. Mm. And my second dog was a surprise addition to me. Truly my wife surprised me with a puppy one day and I would have said I was pretty comfortable with having one pet before or one dog before just with how much like attention she needed and like her level of exercise needs and all that kind of stuff and then I added a puppy who in the eight months we've had her has gone from like 10 pounds to almost 75
1: oh my god (laughs) Uh, uh yeah
0: and that energy level is so different and had that dog not been a surprise and just like a not uninvited, but truly like so unanticipated Mm. surprise. Like I would have never chosen, I I would have never like thoughtfully considered all the pros and cons of like, do I want a dog like that? Do I want another dog? You know, like all those kind of things. Mm. And then it happened. And then going through the process of, my wife clearly made the decision that we wanted another dog and I had to get there, you know, <laughs> like, like there was a very real future where I was like, no, we can't handle this. Take it back, please. Hmm. But independently I came to the decision of like, this puppy has arrived in my life and yeah, I do want it. And that like Gandalf just like kicking me out the door a little bit moment of like, Oh Yeah. Let's add this dog and what joy she's brought me and like what, I mean, like I walk mm. so much now because she needs it and I enjoy, I like truly 2023 is how I learned as an adult to enjoy walking. Good. I love Finally. it. It's amazing. Walking is so <laughs> lovely. It really is. Yeah. What a gift. What a gift.
1: Hmm. I love that. Josh.
2: What was your question again? Like, what have we learned to take comfort in and what do we not take comfort in anymore?
1: Yeah. Like in this year.
2: Mm, This year specifically. No, I'm like, I'm like trying to find the words for it, like in relation to comfort. But like, yeah, I mean, obviously Milestone got engaged this year. And I think I've been thinking a lot about what it means to be with a life partner Mm -hmm. in the context of like day-to-day life, but then also year-to-year and... I don't think I'm going to have any shortage of thinking to do about it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you know, how like some things you're like, I think I've thought enough about that. I'm like not interested in that anymore. I think that I will never be bored by having a relationship in a very good, lovely way. Mm. So I think that I am, I think that I've been taking a lot of like comfort in the consistency of a day to day with a life partner. Hmm. That's really wonderful. And that's been like a... I feel like I've been experiencing it in a new way this last year, especially because I got engaged this last year. hmm And so that's very fresh. I'm trying to think of more kind of like self-care related things that like we were talking about last episode of like things that maybe I'm not doing as much anymore or like things that I started doing. Because mm-hmm. I think those are really interesting because like I feel like I've had a number of those ebb and flow throughout my life. And I'm trying to think if there were any like major ones this year that I'm like
0: really changed on while he thinks Emily what do you
1: have ooh um, kind of along the lines of Josh I've been really taking comfort in watching my family like watching Thea especially so she started daycare although we call it school she responds a lot better to school (laughs) she's also in the adventure that is potty training and Let me tell you, it is an adventure. And I said this to Alex, no joke quote. I've never been more comfortable about picking up poop from the floor than I am now. Like, if my dog poops, like in the house, I'm like, ah, Daisy, like that's so frustrating. I'm happy when my kid poops because she has the concept of like, I'm relieving myself. It's icky. I don't want to keep it attached to my butt in a diaper. I need to expel it out of my body. And I've never been so happy. The first time she pooped in a little kid toilet and she was like, i have done. And I looked and there was a piece of shit in her toilet. I was so happy. I was in tears. So thrilled.
0: Oh, core like, memory right there.
1: That is a core memory. And. The idea of just seeing my child become independent and at the same time depend on me for certain things, there's Mm -hmm. a comfort of like, she will always need me. Like, I will always need her in a way. Like, Mm. and it's kind of hard to explain off the top of my head, but I've been really taking comfort in this idea of I have someone else in my life that I now get to share in this life with. Like, not just a life partner that is my spouse, but now I have another partner who. I created and I get to see experience life for the first time. Whoa.
0: When you say it that way, that sounds so crazy. Yeah. You have a partner that you created. Yes. Whoa.
1: Like that's mind boggling to me. I never thought of it that way until thinking about it now. And I think one of the things, so like also thinking about what are things that maybe I haven't been doing as much or something that I've picked up on as maybe like a self care regiment or something to help create a lifestyle I don't want to escape from is I've been getting my nails done and that sounds so simple Mm. like it's you know health and beauty wow but it's more than that like the place that I go to the people know me by name now and they get to share with me what's going on in their life and I get to share what's going on in mine and we're building relationship and community and I get to see their creativity expressed through nail art and I get 30 minutes to an hour of absolutely no one bugging me and being in a massage chair and seeing the the gratefulness that is the little things like that that mm. can just like uplift me and I have to thank my sister for that because my sister religiously gets her nails done. And she sees that as an opportunity for her. And the last time we got our nails done together, I said, I'm going to start doing this for myself. Like, I can afford, you know, a $45 manicure or pedicure once a month, if that. And that's just something that's so simple. And it's been very life-giving for me. So that's Mm. a comfort that I've been really appreciating lately.
2: I think I've been enjoying the comfort of beer a Mm. lot less this last year. I love beer a lot. I've definitely found myself like straying away from it. And honestly, in drinking less alcohol in general, not that I'm not going like full sober, but I've definitely been noticing myself Mm -hmm. drinking less. And I think that noticing like food and drink habits in yourself can be very valuable. Mm. I'm trying to think of something new that I've been like really taking comfort in and enjoying.
1: Is there anything spiritual that was once comfortable? Or maybe something Ooh. new that's comfortable?
2: Nothing like super in the last year. But the other thing that came to mind was video games. Ooh. I've never really been into video games before. And in this last year, I have discovered several that I'm very into.
1: What games?
2: They're mostly Nintendo Switch games that I've found. But yeah. uh, one yeah. of them is called Portal. And it's a super fun playthrough another one that was really really fun was this one called super liminal it's just kind of this weird really unique game and it's a really interesting premise but like i've never been i've never been a gamer i grew up on the oregon trail i grew up on veggie (laughs) tales video games on the website i grew up on larry boy game boy games and like a very limited amount of game boy games (laughs) and i've like i feel like i've like kind of let myself like, experienced some really fun games this year. Hmm. And that's been a fun new one. It's always, like, fun when you discover a new activity and you're like, ooh, I enjoy this way more than I thought I would. Yes. You know? Yes. Like, I can't imagine feeling that way about bowling. But surely <gasps> somebody started bowling they're like, 30s or 40s, and they're like, this fucking rocks. This is crazy. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes. I used to be in a bowling league, believe it or not. Oh, did you? Yes, in the third grade. I bet grade. being in a
2: league would be fun.
1: Stephen knows Megan McCann. Yeah. her. She was the best bowler on my team, hands down. Phenomenal. Absolutely in stellar. In the third grade. Absolutely, yes. She would bowl like over 200. Oh, my.
0: I've always sucked oh. at Whoa. What's your worst bowling score?
1: <laughs> i have to really think oh oh, i know okay <laughs> um this was not when i was in third grade this was when i was much older it was just an off night but my worst score was a 46
0: yeah wow perfect score is 300
1: didn't even clear 100 perfect score is 300 that. yes
0: yeah um I was 26 <laughs> that's
1: awesome oh. <laughs>
0: that's so funny
1: oh. I have rekindled my love of trivia. Hmm. So I used to do trivia while I was in graduate school. We would go to World of Beer. And um, if it was a small group, we were the Crystal Methodists.
0: That's really good. That was our good. team name. That's really and good. If,
1: if there were two teams, one was the old testes and one was the new testes.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah.
1: It was great. Oh, oh boy. And I've loved that. And then, you know, COVID happened and then... We moved and all these things and a new brewery had opened in town and they started doing trivia and it was the same company that we would participate at trivia with in grad school. And I decided to do something daring and I told my church, This is where I'm gonna be Tuesday nights, join me. It's a great time. Uh and now we like have religiously twelve, if not more people who come every Tuesday and join me for trivia and it's it's so fun just to be in the company of parishioners in a very relaxed environment. There's no committee meetings. There's no, mm, you mm. know, prayer. There's no Bible study. It's just like we're here to do trivia. And if you want a, a drink, if you want popcorn, if you want something from the food truck, we're just here to have a good time and to be present with one another. And but yeah, it's just like a great time. And half the people that come from my church are well into the like 60s or 70s
0: oh that's sweet
1: it's so cute it's so adorable my favorite person that's there his name is mike and he is the smartest man i know especially when it comes to baseball knowledge Mm -hmm. you can't compete with mike mike yeager i know you're listening you're the bomb shout out we
0: just want to say how honored we are that you listen to Ravel seriously there's a lot of great shows out there and we're grateful to be in your feed thank you for helping us on our journey to normalize people asking questions about theology
1: if you want to support what we're doing the best way to help is to tell a friend about us we want to be a resource for people on their faith journeys whether they're deconstructing reconstructing switching churches deconverting and everything in between
2: And if you're able, you can support us for as little as $3 a month on our Patreon. Supporting us helps us cover fees, software, equipment, future ideas, and more. For all of you church finance skeptics out there like me, don't worry, we're keeping an open book for transparency.
1: For our supporters, we've built an online space where we can be together. We know it can be difficult to ask questions about our faith, so we want to make that more accessible, comfortable, and normal. We're using an app called Discord, where you'll get private access. You already know us, and we'd love to get to know you.
0: Thank you to everyone who's already supporting, and thank you to Louis Zong for the use of our theme music, In Full Color.
2: What brings up the question of comfort for you?
1: When talking about faith changing or like faith unraveling, I think it, can be overwhelming and maybe we don't know where to start or we feel like we need a road map. And I have found, even in my own sense of raveling out my faith, mm. it helps to have the sense of comfort. Like, even when things are changing or things are spiraling out of control, it is nice knowing that there could be something that provides this sense of either safety or not being alone or even just this like small ounce of hope, you know, and it could be in the smallest of things or the most insignificant of things. But I think when we talk about faith unraveling, we almost set ourselves up to like be overwhelmed. Mm. And I think it's important to take note of the things that we have comfort in, whether new or old and paying homage to that. Like, We got to give our kudos to the things that have been keeping us upright and (laughs) the things that have like been keeping us sane or the things that have been keeping us on a trajectory that's life giving and not spiraling into things that are harmful or a hindrance to existence, whether for ourselves or for others. So, yeah, I think it's just kind of nodding our head and saluting the things that give us comfort in the times of uncertainty. Mm. And like thinking about in this new year, like there we have no idea what 2024 is going to bring forth for us. Like Mm. looking at what has happened this year, whether it's in your own individual lives or as a global community, like shit's gone down. And there may have been times where we haven't had that sense of comfort or we're so numb because it's news that we've heard time and time again. Like, who cares? It's the same old, same old. But when we approach a new year or when we approach a time of change or uncertainty, it can be overwhelming. Like, I have no idea. I could be reappointed. Like, that is a mm. thought. Like, technically, as an itinerant pastor, I don't feel like I'm going to be reappointed, but I could be reappointed at any time in this next year. Mm. And like, I don't know what that's going to bring. I don't know what that's going to bring for my family, for my husband, for my child, and for this church as they prepare for a new pastor if it happens. Like, in the times of uncertainty, what are the things that give me comfort? And I think about like the trivia nights with my church peers, like my kid growing up. Those are the things that I know I can hold on to even in times of change or uncertainty or chaos. Hmm. Is
2: that a little... Unnerving knowing yes. that it could happen.
1: Yes, absolutely. Which oh, is why I, I do everything I absolutely can to like show my bishop and the cabinet and my DS, like, look, I'm doing good things here, but I'm not done. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to keep going and see what all I can do. And when I feel like I've done all that I can, then I'm ready to move on.
2: Is the reappointment thing, um is it like an any time thing or is it like a certain year thing?
1: It's technically annually, but there have been Mm. times where appointments have been changed mid-year or like three quarters into the year for whatever reason. But it's typically Mm. an annual thing. And it's the start of July 1st is when like new appointments start. So like in June, when we had our annual conference for the church, I was reappointed to Cody United Methodist Church. Mm. So they intend to keep me here from... July 1st of 2023 until basically like June 30th of 2024. And then like I'll know when the new appointment is and it could change any time between that, but a fingers crossed that I'm going to still be here. <laughs>
2: hmm. That's so interesting.
1: It's, yes, outdated, but whatever. Here's a question. Are there things that you no longer take comfort in? And I think John or Stephen was kind of like, leaning into this a little bit last episode, but are there things that you no longer find comfort in that you wish you did? Oh, yeah. Whether, for me,
2: well, 100% yeah. prayer. Like, I think mm. prayer for me used to be, even as my, like, views of prayer changed over time, like, and I moved from more of a, like, a charismaticism to more of a dialogue type of prayer, or, like, more contemplative even, I miss that feeling. Mm. It's really hard to even put words to and acknowledge that I like miss the feeling because it's not just the feeling. I think the closest equivalent I have to it is like the feeling of being heard. But of course I am heard all the time by many people. So like, it's not just that, but yeah, I miss it. I I don't take, I I feel like I don't take comfort anymore because I don't do it anymore either. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm. and maybe that's, maybe that's why I stopped doing it. Maybe that happened first. I'm not sure, honestly.
1: Mm, um, which came first, the chicken or the but, egg? Yeah. But
2: going back to Stephen's point last episode about um, sometimes wanting to return, I think for me, prayer is one where sometimes I'm like, oh, I like miss that feeling. Or like I recognize a moment where in the past I would have prayed.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. You know?
2: And comfort, I think, is the closest thing. The closest feeling I can put to it.
1: What about you, Stephen?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, it's weird to kind of... Like, I wish I felt that way about prayer, Josh. Huh. It, it's weird to, like, realize that that's the complex feeling I'm having. Mm-hmm. I think what I had... And this wasn't just, like, changed this year or even last year, but what I had in like a journaling practice a couple of years ago was so life-giving for a while. And I can look like on my shelf right next to me here. I have like three journals, moleskin notebooks, like completely full every page. And basically it was a page a day. And I did that for like almost four years. Journaling is so different for me now. Like I carry, like it used to be every morning I would get up and I would make some coffee and it was, I was up super early and then I would read a chapter of Bible and then I would like journal half the page and then I would get home and I would always, I would make a cup of tea and then I would finish the page with like recounting the day and checking in on a few like different prompts. I loved to like consistently return to and then, yeah, I don't know what changed. It's different now. Like I carry it with me and it's more like just truly trying to capture some of the thoughts that kind of visit and then leave for a time but that feel important, mm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And in that way, I actually do have in my notes, I didn't know how I, was, uh, how I was going to make it a full episode for a Ravel topic, but like prayer or like journaling as prayer, something like that, of like the, the feeling of both expressing yourself and, you know, in the sense of journaling, it's like, I truly don't really expect anyone to ever read them. I don't know if I will ever read them, but the idea that they are there and readable feels meaningful somehow when you're in the moment, like taking the pen to the paper, maybe like you were talking about it, Josh, and like a sense of being heard and known Mm -hmm. understood or validated. I think all those come from prayer for some folks. And I think that came for me for journaling, but whatever I do now that I call journaling is not nearly the same. And I wish like I used to connect or I wish I connected with it the way I used to. But every time I try to do it, then that feel, then I feel claustrophobic in that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What about you, Emily?
1: I don't know. I, I'm that person like during Lent, I don't always give something up. I like either add something or I do both give up and add. I never like just give up something. And I'm, like, trying to think of the things that in my, like, spiritual life, I guess in a weird way, prayer is, like, something that has morphed over time and sometimes maybe I want it to be, like, how it used to be and then I, like, sit on it for a minute and I go, no, there's a reason that, like, my prayer life has changed and it hmm. it's for the better. You know, like, I may, this is a really bad example, but it's, like, an ex-boyfriend or an ex-girlfriend mm. there may be elements of them that you really miss that like you wish you could have in maybe your new partner or like just parts of them that you want to take on yourself and then you're like no there's a reason that I don't have this anymore like mm. wow what once was good that's so real doesn't have to be good anymore and I can be okay with that and i think that's kind of the point of comfort is like it it is okay for it to be as it is.
0: I'm thinking about Lord of the Rings, of course, and I'm also thinking about my own life. I think there's like a... Of course. What I I feel like all three of us are putting our finger on, and in a way, it's all related to prayer, I feel like there's a... Maybe there's grieving that hasn't been grieved yet. Mmm. You know? Yeah. And I think you putting it in terms of romantic breakup is honestly... Probably pretty spot on because there is some element of like even, wow, I, I miss the way I used to be around them. Yeah. Like they brought something out of me that no one else could. But when you experience that void or like that gets taken away, you can't just force it, right? Like, wow, they made me so much more, you know, they made me less shy. And I met so many people when we were dating because they were an extrovert and they were taking me out places and I loved it. And now we're not together. And I'm just like filled with dread of going to the same places or like trying the same kinds mm-hmm. of things to meet people. Like a loss of a little bit of yourself. Yeah. And like an ungrieved grief of like, that was me. And now this is me. And I think like that's a huge component of the end of Lord of the Rings is like Frodo's heartache of. Yeah. Returning to the Shire. And now he has, you know, this wound that reminds him of all the hell he went through. And he does have this shared grief with Sam most intimately and with Marion Pippin to a different kind. But in the end, like him accepting the invitation on the boat was like, I still have to do this alone. Like, you guys you were there, but you weren't there either. And like, there's a, there's a special kind of intimacy. I think that comes from shared grief. Like Lord knows, I mean, uh, between Dixie and I experiencing two miscarriages, like I would not have wished that in a thousand options of having a life together. But at the same time, it's like, we are completely different people because of it. And like, and sharing that grief There's something connecting about it, but there's also something like, you know, I see in her that she carries a burden like Frodo does that Sam can't carry for him. You know what Mm I mean?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So like asking this question and all of us kind of pointing to prayer in our own ways of like, it used to be like this and it used to give me all this, you know, the Shire used to be like this.
1: And now it's not. And now it's
0: not. Sharky ruined it and we had to claw it back for ourselves and we made it new but it's not new enough for some of us to not feel like we don't belong either, you know.
1: How do you think this applies to Chicken Run?
0: <laughs> what a rip cord! Wow. Um, <laughs> well, you see, send off.
2: You see, <laughs> if we go to the Greek, oh God, and and the Holy Spirit is the Comforter, the Holy Spirit is our Paraclete, the Holy Spirit is our dove dove b- comforter down is made from feathers.
1: Oh, my God. Have you seen uh,
2: Chicken Run? Yes. Oh, I'm familiar <laughs> with the film. And, <laughs> and you see, the, we, we need those advocates, those comforters when we are in captivity, when we are wow. seeking exile.
1: That is not and, the direction I was thinking.
2: And I don't remember what the original quote was, but, you know, I'm right.
1: Okay, spot on, (laughs) excellent.
2: (laughs) No, I love the thought experiment. I think that, like, I just don't have that many um, things in the last year, like comfort-wise, especially in regards to like, like church and faith. And oh, actually, I lied. I thought of a new one just now. As I'm saying, I don't have any more answers. Yeah, there you Um, go. I feel like this last year, I've been reading much fewer theology books.
1: Mm. I used to
2: be on much more of a kick listening to the theology podcasts, reading theology books, and now they're just kind of stacking up on my shelf. I think I will probably start picking them up again. But for now, I just like don't want to read them right now. Mm. Yeah, it's like and a I period of fine. just
1: rest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that.
0: I've been all about novels this year.
1: Mm. Ooh.
0: Instead of theology books. Um, there you go. Wow. Brought a lot of joy. I love that. Novels. It relates to Chicken Run, though, in the sense of... <laughs> Wait, hold, uh, hold on. <laughs> K- uh, Emily, can you read the quote again? Uh, tell me you don't hear Chicken Run in this.
1: The quote that I started this with? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the I'm ready.
1: The wide world is all about you. You can fence yourselves in, but you cannot forever fence it out.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, th- of course, as you do, you build a mechanized bird that can fly because you are flightless birds like a big tandem bike chicken big yes. tandem bike bird that flies you over with Mel Gibson <laughs> over into the it's like okay hold on wait hold on listen <laughs> i'm listening chicken run <laughs> is israel making it to the <laughs>
1: promised <plate>? land <laughs> my god over, they fly
0: over the fence <laughs> and find the grass that is literally greener on the other side of the okay. chicken factory because they don't want to be a pie I don't like gravy um yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry yeah. wow gotcha. that was wow that was artistry in it's <laughs> Finest. I gotcha. well, you got you.
2: Well, on that me. note, Chicken Run 2 came out five days ago from this release.
1: It did, yes. Oh,
0: that's so good. <laughs> I gotta go see that. I gotta make sure I see that.
2: It's on Netflix.
1: It's oh, on Netflix.
0: Amazing, amazing. At this point, I've already watched it, so you're welcome. That's true, but it's in our future, but this it'll is be in the our past future, the yes. listener.
1: Their past. That's
0: always fun. Every podcast has to have the obligatory analyze the nature of time and the way we sure. record asynchronously but um there is hold on i actually want to make a serious point about chicken okay, run, yes having not Go seen right chicken ahead. run 2 yet because it's in our, in our future still um chicken run does have this element of like there's like the idealized future ah. of well of course it's going to be better than being made into pies for this woman to make more money you know yeah Personally, I actually hope that Chicken Run 2 explores that they get out there and all the new problems that come with it make some of them think it was better before. Like, ooh, because because of the way we're talking about the things we've lost in prayer and in journaling of like, was it so bad?
1: Yes.
0: So I changed and I thought it was going to be better. But then, I don't know. I feel like that ties into exile from last episode. Definitely.
1: Oh my God. God. That was a great point. Thank you.
0: Of course it's Chicken Run.
1: (laughs) Of course. Wow. (laughs) This is beautiful.
0: (laughs) What the heck? I can't
1: believe I did that. That worked actually. I can. I can believe that you did that because you're Stephen. Oh, well thank you. And if there's another lesson that Chicken Run and Lord of the Rings and this podcast for that matter has demonstrated to us is that Companionship is so important in the idea of comfort or change or what have you. And, like, think about it Frodo wasn't alone. Like, no one else experienced what he himself experienced, but he was not alone. Like, he always had someone with him, he always had people backing him up and supporting him and cheering him on. Chicken run. They were not alone. Like, (laughs) wow i I digress Um, yeah we went there we went there um but we like we are not alone in our own lives and what we're experiencing we may not fully understand like i cannot fully understand what josh is going through or like what stephen's going through or what you guys can't fully understand what i'm going through but you can still provide support and comfort and like that companionship is so important and i don't want to take that for granted so i immensely and deeply appreciate our listeners and the both of you because like this is what it's all about and i don't want to be alone in this and i'm so grateful for you guys i'm so grateful for you too wow on that note
0: i think that was the end right
1: well i have a quote
0: oh oh, oh I'm so sorry perfect So, please share.
1: It does not come from Chicken Run, unfortunately, but it is a great closer quote. In sorrow we must go, but not in despair. Behold, we are not bound forever to the circles of the world, and beyond them is more than memory.